Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Raise your hand if, gover- if your government plan would provide coverage for undocumented immigrants. Okay, well, this is Good Morning Liberty. How's everybody doing? How you doing, Charlie? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. My name is Nate, by the way. Uh, thanks for checking out the podcast. We really appreciate it. You can hit subscribe if you're viewing this on our website right now. There is a subscribe button at the top of the page. So I opened up with that clip. What did you think about that? Well, <clears throat> you can't see their hands um, because you guys aren't seeing the video. You're just listening to it, but... If you couldn't hear their hands, every single one of them went up. If you couldn't hear and, their hands. And imagine that. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple layers to that, I would say, because we wanted to do this, we wanted to do this episode about immigration. Um, we, it's something that we really haven't talked about that much. So we wanted to talk about that a little bit, and I think there's some obvious, you know, this is a libertarian podcast. We may even have different views. We, I think we will. I think we'll have pretty different views. Yeah. So this um, will be an interesting discussion. This yeah. is, and this will also show you how you can disagree civilly with somebody yeah. and still hold your principal values. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless you're wrong. And yeah. And then you need to, re-eva- need to reevaluate yourself, Nate. Reevaluate, yeah. Reevaluate yourself. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so we're both a couple, uh, a couple business owners here. Um, we, we both uh, we work in the healthcare field. Um, we also have started other businesses. We both traveled the world playing music as well to uh, to several different countries. Uh, not that that makes us a great authority on immigration, but we have seen uh, we have seen the way it's done in a lot of other countries. We know what it's like to see other cultures. Uh, we know what it's like to be a business owner in today's day and age. We know what it's like to take something uh, that's nothing and make it into. Uh, something that's going pretty well also. So uh, take that for what you will. But Charlie, are you going to build the wall? Well, that's an interesting question. Um, I'm not opposed to a wall. I want to say that. Okay. I'm not not opposed to it because you you and I have had this discussion. I'll just throw this out there. I'm more of an open, open borders type of person. Now, are there problems with people crossing the border? Yes, like drugs coming over, people coming over for free stuff. All of that is a problem, right? But the solution is is not to just keep people from coming in the door because immigration is really good for America. The Cato Institute did a brilliant study on this that shows that immigrants are a net benefit to America. They come and take a lot of jobs that most people don't want, number one. Number two, they end up bettering themselves. And so in turn, their children end up being better. They pay more taxes um, unless they're illegal, right? Yeah. yeah. So you're talking about legal immigrants right now. Yes. Not illegal immigrants. Yes. But but the problem is, too, 
the reason why there's illegal immigration is because it's so damn hard to be a legal immigrant. Yeah. So, okay. So just a, like a quick and dirty, and we're going to like really dive into this, but quick and dirty. I'm more of an opens border type of person, but I don't, but I think that you can build a wall because a country, a sovereign country can be uh, protected with, with boundaries. So yeah. that, that's okay. But my main thing with immigration and there's a lot of things that would have to happen for this to, to become the case, but we have to make the process way easier and a lot cheaper to get the most amount of people in here that want to come here for, for opportunity, not to live off of welfare or anything like that, but to, we need to get the most amount of people that want to come here for opportunity to get in here and, and start adding to the American economy. That's, that's my basic quick and dirty stand. So you, uh, you wouldn't want to give free health care to to the to illegal immigrants. Absolutely not. I don't okay. want to give free health care to anybody. Okay. So you would have been the only person on the stage with your hand down yes. at that point. Because, what, about, what about you? Um, would your hand been up in the air? For that? Oh, no, def, definitely not. And then obviously the context. Unless you were running as a Democrat. If I was running as a Democrat, then yes, I would pander to as many people <laughs> as possible, offering as much monetary value in exchange for votes as I possibly could. Right. Uh, because that's how you get elected these days, apparently. Um, so then, then when you got in office, you'd bring everything down. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's what I would do. I've considered going in as like a like a uh, a libertarian Trojan horse into yeah. the government. You know, it's something just I always be like the most liberal shill there ever was. Yeah, just oh man, just straight up socialist, like yeah. parrot everything that Bernie Sanders says. Um, so I'll actually go like Bernie Sanders isn't going too far. Like you'd yeah. be the extreme, no, yeah, most I mean, radical. I would, I would point out why Bernie Sanders isn't socialist enough and get even more votes. I would offer free everything, and then also I'd make sure I offer the thousand and one dollars per month freedom dividend just to make sure people didn't vote for Andrew Yang mm-hmm. instead. You know, so it's all about whoever can offer the most money. And you're an ha- you're a handsome fella. You're yeah. pretty articulate. I think you could sell that message. Have we a ever had people. a president that has a lisp? Like, have you ever, do you know? You know, people could maybe message us about this, but I don't really notice it anymore. I mean, we've been friends for a long time, so maybe I just kind of, my brain filtered that out. It's just what I sound like to you when I'm talking. Yeah. Just normal. I think most people on the show probably don't know you sound. What? You sound like you know what you're doing. If you go back like 30 episodes, you call me the lispy libertarian. That's true. I used (laughs) to call you that. (laughs) Mainly out of fun. Yeah. It's it's out of it's out of good fun. Yeah. So, um, no, I I would not I would not give the free health care to the illegal immigrants mainly because I wouldn't give free health care to even uh, legal people, uh, American citizens. What does that even so mean? I yeah I don't <laughs> legal uh, people. I don't want to uh, take people from take money from some people and then give it to other people whether it's paying for any specific product or service, but. I do think that we have to maintain a border when it comes to the immigration issue, mm-hmm. even though I understand the libertarian side of it, which is, you know, what what is a citizen? What does our what do our founding documents really say? I mean, do, don't they doesn't the Constitution say that you were you were born with inalienable rights uh, and inalienable rights to say that more properly mm-hmm. uh, that you were endowed by your creator. And this is technically they, the Declaration of Independence, yeah, they not did, the Constitution. But they did not say 
uh, that you have those rights if you are in America. Like, it doesn't say that. It says that America right. will protect those creator-given rights. To individuals. To individuals. So I, I, I understand the libertarian side of it. Uh, saying that, well, you know, this does it doesn't really mean anything. You know, if you're if you can come in here and uh, you can work, you're not accepting money from the system, um, all of those things. Well, then there's really no issue with people coming over the border. You know, uh, I get that part. I get it. Um, I just I, I don't know if you'd be able to do it without some kind of a check, uh, a background check system of some kind. And which would be hard because how do you background check people in another country that you don't be. have data on? And I so I think the only thing you could do is if you didn't find if there was no data found, then you would have to assume innocence at that point in time because that is one of the main principles of our country. Innocent, that yeah. The person that, as far as you know, they have not been proven guilty of any crime, so you can't assume guilt. We don't right. do that. We don't assume guilt. We assume innocence. So, but I do think that we need some kind of a background check. I wrote I wrote down a reason why on my notepad here, and I was just trying to think through this earlier because it really is something we don't talk about that much, and and I don't pay that much attention to it. But well, and it's a lot more of a it's a way more complicated issue than like either build the wall or don't. It's yeah, way deeper than that. Well, yeah, because the wall. I mean, it's it's all just a symptom of another obvious problem, which we'll get into. But yes. um, so, what I wrote down is, you know, if someone say there's a murder or there's let's say a rapist or something like that. Well, we have laws that uh, punish those people or keep them out of our society, put them in prison, what whatever it is. Um, we have have accepted as a culture that when you commit a, a violent act of aggression against someone else, that you're not suitable to be inside of our culture. You're put in, you're institutionalized in some kind of way until your debts are paid if you, if you do get out. So to me, even if you're, even if you're a libertarian, um, you would want some kind of a background check done working between governments on on someone so you could make sure that they were not wanted on the run previously convicted in some kind of way of a crime that if they would have been in your country committing that crime they would have just they'd still be in prison but since they came through the the border well then okay they haven't been convicted in America and now we're just accepting well yeah there's just a murderer walking around we didn't find them guilty but someone else did but hey, we got open borders. It's cool. Right. If you're if you're a murderer from another country, then you can walk around. But if you're a murderer in this country, then you can be in prison. So it's, you know, I kind of have to kill. I kind of have to kill the libertarian argument with with that argument, which is that you you want to make sure that you're not just openly allowing people who are on the run from terrible crimes coming because into one the of the jobs of government is to protect people. Yeah, that's like its only job. Right. That's it's the job that we've accepted that the that the federal government has. Uh, so I I do understand having a border now a wall. Eh, I don't know. Right. I I don't I don't know if I are there better ways to do it. But that's the thing. Better technology. I think there's we, better. Before we get there, though, I want to yeah. I kind of want to start this question uh, this this deep dive into this with a question. It's a almost a philosophical question. Do you, as a human being, 
have a God-given or an intrinsic right to travel freely. Unimpeded. I think you do, but there's there's some obvious problems with that. Um, let's say that all around you, different private property owners have purchased all of the land around you, and now you cannot trespass or aggress on someone else's property if they've said that you can't. So do you have the right to travel freely then? Or is that really only on your own property you have the right to travel freely? Or if you have public property that everyone's paid for, then I think you have the right to travel freely on that. Unless the park's yeah. closed. So unless the park's closed because <laughs> of a, a government shutdown. So you lose that right at that point in time. Um, so it's like, to me, that's a it depends answer. Um, I do think you have the you do have a right to travel freely, but there's obviously a point where I can't use that excuse by after I walk into your house and say, well, I have the right to travel freely. Well, okay, so your rights end where another's begin. So yeah. pro- pro- yeah. property rights do exist, right? Yeah. They're intrinsic to a free and open society. You have to be able to own something uh, when you're trading, especially. When you're when you're engaged in free enterprise with other individuals, you have to be able to own property. It's one of the another intrinsic right to being a human being. That's one of the things that socialists attack. By the way, is private property. It's the, exactly. the root of all evil in their ideology. So, like the Declaration of Independence says, "Life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness." Here we say, "Life, liberty, and pursuit of meaning." But really, like John Locke put it in great words, "Life, liberty, and property." Like those are the three fundamental rights that you have. Um, I think the right to travel freely is intrinsic, um, but obviously you can't trespass because private property does exist. And so you're coming up with a perfect scenario of like, Hey, everybody bought property around you. Now, what do you do? Yeah. Um, well, I guess you get a helicopter. I guess that's all you can do. (laughs) What what I want to say though, is that the Supreme court has actually held up that you do have the right to freely travel. Um, as long as you're not hurting any, any any other people. Obviously, you can't do that on somebody's private property, but as far as public property, like the roads and things like that, you have the right to travel unimpeded as long as you're not doing anything wrong, you're not suspected of committing a crime. And so what I look at is, can countries arbitrarily institute lines? Uh, America was conquered, right? And so now... Although we instituted the greatest civilization the history has ever known, we conquered the land. And then can we draw arbitrary lines and say that just because you, by happenstance, were born on a piece of dirt, that somebody didn't draw arbitrary lines and say, like, this is the land of opportunity or the land of the dirt of freedom, if you will. Can you can you draw those arbitrary lines between those pieces of dirt and say that a human being with intrinsic value and rights and responsibility can't go to another land with more opportunity. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a great point. And I've made kind of a a bit of a point on this before, but I think the line has to be drawn because of the power of the government. And so I don't exactly think it's a line to keep people from coming in. I think it's a line for where the government's juris- jurisdiction has to stop. So that that's where I that's where I see the line where our government is supposed to protect the rights of of humans who have 
these, you know, these intrinsic values, these God-given rights, all of these things uh, that we believe in, but that has to stop at a point or we just end up in 20-year-long wars on other sides of the world where we're trying to protect other people's human rights. So that that's to, we're, not, we're not doing that now. Yeah, no, we would <laughs> see that's that's why we have to draw that so we won't get into those those kinds of wars where we insert ourselves into other people's lands to protect rights that we say Americans have. Well, and I so, so and I agree that you can have sovereign countries, right? The states can be sovereign. Sovereignty I think is a definite building block to freedom just like private property is, right? You have sovereign you have sovereignty over the land that you own or the property that you own. So I get that point, but the thing about it is is if I'm just a normal person with no record and I'm just literally want to make a better life for myself and my family, wh- why is it not easy to move across arbitrary lines to another piece of dirt that ha- that gives me the opportunity to be the best human being I can possibly be and make the world a better place, make the country a better place. Yeah, that's where we definitely agree on that, where, um, you know, you should be able to come in. And what I would see is, so right now it takes, what, 10 years to <laughs> to be able to come yeah. in? I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous the unless amount you know of time it can take. Yeah, unless you know some people. Or you marry so, in or something. Yeah. Um, get yourself in one of those... Uh, those uh bride those bride mags you know yeah. get yourself brought over we um, have websites now oh okay like right. mail order brides yeah so back in the old days it was when, in, yeah yeah maybe newspaper ads i don't know grandpa sessler <laughs> well uh, <laughs> well uh so i do see that so what i would like to see is you know what if our border was just uh it was a bunch of you know, hotels, big gate crossing where they, you come in, you submit your information and it might take a day or two, two or three days for the background check to go through for whatever it is. But at the end of the period when they found no, no potential harm, no, no past things that you've done uh, that would literally just have you moving into a prison basically in the U S under our law. um, Once they found that that's not the case, then you should go ahead and be let in. You know, you could keep a lot of places around the border. People come in, they wait there for a few days while they're getting their background checked done, and then they come in. And to me, that's like the the best model for it. Um, the The current model is uh, you're you're screwed if you want to come across, and especially if you want to do it in any short amount of time, unless you say that you're a uh, what a refugee, a um, what do they call that status that they're asylum, asylum, yeah. So now to get in here sooner and to get into the country, you just have to claim asylum. Well, think about this too. People are willing to risk their lives. There's all these stories like this father and this daughter die trying to cross the Rio. You wouldn't risk your life trying, like you wouldn't risk dying to live a better life if you weren't fleeing something, let's say, where you had no other option. Like you're, it's a literally life or death situation. Speaking of that, did you see the story from the um, El Salvador's president? No. Uh, I saw this, uh, one of the first things I saw um, on my news feed this morning. Well, El Sa- Salvador's president, which is where those two people were from, mm-hmm. the, the famous photo, um, their president, uh, Naib Bukele, said his country bears responsibility. His country bears the responsibility for the recent drowning deaths. 
So what, what he went on to say later, this is a quote from their president. He said, people don't flee their homes because they want to. People flee their homes because they feel they have to. And so he, as a president, this is an amazing statement. That's for unbelievable. It's, it's, it's truly unbelievable for him to come and out the right and say. Thing, the right thing to say. It's the exactly right thing. Um, this is uh, further from the president. We can blame any other country, but what about our blame? What country did they flee? Did they flee the United States? They fled El Salvador. They fled our country. I mean, that's, that is the first time I ever remember hearing that from someone, uh, from the president of a country taking responsibility. That's absolutely amazing. For this happening. I that's mean, amazing. So, and, and I think it's, you know, it's plain to the fact that obviously this is getting used as a political a political ploy now. I mean, because people die crossing. It, right. That people do die trying to cross the river, trying to get across on all the other methods that they use to get across the border. I mean, a lot of people came come from Cuba and like these makeshift rafts and stuff died crossing the ocean. A lot of them. And what's happened now, since we're in an election season, we've taken a a photo, a tragic, terrible photo of two drowned human beings and plastered it everywhere, which... <laughs> Which, by the way, the media would would never do. The media does not post photos of of dead bodies. You you don't see it. They you don't see on the front page of a paper literally a photo of two dead people. Right, like that doesn't happen. But in today's uh, in today's political climate, since they believe that can harm the president and help the election. All the media outlets have decided to play this up as a massive failure. President Trump, obviously, he hates brown people and hates immigrants, doesn't want them to come here. Of course, and AOC went down there for a photo op. Yeah, she went down there. I've seen so many hilarious memes made from that. Yeah. But, she um, had like a $2,000 watch on or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's down there wearing like roughly roughly two to $3,000 worth of garments. Um that could completely change some of these people's lives, but she's going to keep that for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're seeing this being used as a political tactic, and it's just amazing that the that the president of of the country that people are fleeing is coming out and taking responsibility, which right. is it's a really really great thing. And and hopefully, what would happen is there are some changes in this country in El Salvador, where people won't feel that they need to risk their lives to get away from that country and try to enter the United States uh, because that's really what's happening here. At the, at the end of the day, people aren't, there are some people that are coming here because of the guaranteed things that we have. Maybe it's the healthcare, maybe it's the school, but the big reason that people are coming here is because they don't want to die in some kind of cartel violence. They don't want to starve to death in the country that they're moving from. They don't want their children to grow up with the hope of of making it high up in the cartel. You know that they don't have a lot of hope in these countries. And the great thing about America is that you can come here and what America stands for, what it's supposed to say is that you can come here and be the best person that you can be you can live the best life that you possibly can and that's why people mainly are coming here in my opinion so okay there's there's two major discussions here when it comes to if we're going to make immigration easier 
right? So we've already established like, okay, we can have a border. Maybe it's not a wall. Maybe it's different technology or things like that. Maybe it's a combination of all of those, like walls in some places, some motion sensors, some drones, more personnel, things of that nature. Because if the government is going to do anything and spend money, it should be on protecting the American citizens. And part of protecting the American citizens is protecting the border, right? Because you can't have tanks rolling up without us knowing about them. Yeah. So, so of course that's not happening, but it's, it's not something that's impossible. So obviously we don't want Russia coming across Canada, right. With all their tanks and, and airplanes and all that stuff, which they could go over walls, but you have radar detectors and all those things that we could do to help increase security at the border. But if we're going to make it easier for people to get here, we have to make sure what's the best way to weed out the people coming into this country illegally currently, what's the best way to weed those people out to where they don't want to come here for nefarious reasons? And what I mean by that is how do we keep people from trying to enter our country who just want free stuff, who want handouts, who want housing and food stamps and free education and free health care and all of that? How do you weed those people out? Also, then how do you weed out the people who are in the drug trade and things like that? So there's two major discussions here. We have welfare and we have the drug war. And so immigration is not just about immigration. There are a myriad of factors of why we've this problem has come to the crux that it has. The, the outlying issues, like what we do here is get to the bottom of things. Like what's actually causing the issue? It's not people just don't randomly decide to start influxing somewhere. Yeah. Right? What is driving their choices? What is driving people to come here? A lot of them are fleeing bad situations. Some people are coming here for free stuff and some people are coming across for the drug war, the drug trade, because it's very lucrative and it's worth the risk. So we have to talk about two very big topics here. We'll try to condense them a little bit for you. Well, let's start with the welfare state. There is a great video by Milton Friedman, who we've talked about before. He was an econo- uh, economist, Nobel Prize winning, Nobel laureate uh, economist for Reagan, I believe. And he served through some myriad of other government positions. He, were, he was at the University of Chicago for University a long of time. Chicago, yeah. yes. So he said the only good immigration is uh, legal, illegal immigration. Because at the time when he did said that in the 80s, um, there weren't as many benefits for illegals, like zero. You couldn't do anything if you were an illegal. You couldn't get a job. For the most part, there were still some some under the table deals, but um, you didn't have health care. You didn't have all of these welfare, no, no housing, no nothing. Like you had to come here and make it on your own. That's it. And so the only good immigration was illegal immigration because the legal was the illegal immigration because the legal immigrants qualified for housing and health care and all of this stuff that the government would just hand out. So he said the only good Im- uh, immigration is illegal immigration. So that brings us to the welfare state and how the United States currently uh, keeps giving more and more and more and more free stuff to undocumented illegal people. Now, there's still people, and I think they need to be taken care of, but that's that's the charity's job, right? It's a job of churches and charitable organizations for people coming in here that don't have anything to give them some help. But it's not the government's job. So 
part of this solution that we are talking about when it comes to immigration would you would have to slowly because you can't do it overnight you would have to slowly dismantle the welfare state yeah and i i think that this is I think this is actually the main issue that Republicans have. Let's just say like Trump supporters have. I don't believe it's rooted in racism or not wanting people to be here. Um, I think I think everyone knows that it's a it is a good thing for immigration. I think there's just that there's a built up hatred and resentment and it all stems back to taxation, really. Because if you live here and you're doing everything legally here, then you're getting money taken from you all the time. You're creating value. You're providing value into the society. And the government is, on a daily basis, taking that money away from you and giving it to other people. So you you tend to see, I think, people being upset about this just being kind of unfair is, is really what it is. And it's kind of the same emotions that maybe people on the left have about about getting the raw deal sometimes well maybe what people on the right see as unfair is that they work really hard and their money is taken away from them and then they see people who come into the country and if they're here illegally and all of these presidential candidates that don't really seem to care about whether people are citizens or not um, you see the people that are here illegally not have to pay uh, income taxes. They're not going to get money taken from them from the IRS. That's not fair. It's not fair. And and so I think that's really the major imbalance. Now, one of the things that, that uh, who was it, uh, Mayor Pete said in the in the Democratic debate was that... Budapest. Yeah. Budapest. 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 Is there two Bs? I don't... There's, there's three R's. Oh. Yeah. So um, one of the things that Mayor Pete was saying is that they come here and indirectly they pay property taxes, sales taxes. If you hear a little bit of thunder going on out there. Um, that was loud. That's, yeah. That scared the crap out of me just then. Man. Mm-hmm. So they come here, they pay indirectly, they pay sales taxes, property taxes. And that's true. But everyone else in the country is having to pay income taxes as well. And if you have a lot of under-the-table deals, um, you can end up getting away from paying income taxes, which actually sounds pretty good. Is there a way that you could actually renounce your citizenship and then just stay here in the country? Are the, are the Democrats actually okay with that? Would That's it be a great a, question. Would it be okay for... Um, I'll, I'll be undocumented. <laughs> yeah, would it, would it be okay uh, for Jeff Bezos to renounce his American citizenship and stay here illegally and not have to deal with any of the taxation that comes through from the government. I mean, I assume if you play that ideology out to its logical conclusion that that's okay, right? It, I mean, it sounds like that would be logical. Playing another thing out to its logical conclusion, Andrew Yang is offering this $1,000 freedom dividend that ironically comes from taking money from other people against their will. So he's offering this thousand dollar freedom dividend you just jumped a little bit <laughs> i didn't i was just waiting i was waiting for the thunder to come through you may or may not hear the thunder on here i don't i don't know yeah most of the time we hear a truck going by and, and we say something about it and then i listen back when i'm doing the podcast and i can't even hear it right. back there but i think you're gonna be able to hear those more than likely uh, so he's doing this freedom dividend giving out to it to anyone anyone that's over the age of 18 
So what I would also want to know is, is he okay with giving that freedom dividend to everyone, including illegal immigrants? Because at that point, to me, you've created an obvious incentive. You know, the other incentives don't have a for sure dollar number attached to them all the time, but this one does. And I think that's a good thing because it makes better for more points. So you just wrote an amazing article about this. Yeah. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I want you to explain that that there is a federal law saying that you can't bribe people for votes. There is. Is that what the is the Democratic Party bribing people for votes? That's mainly what happens in elections now. And I wouldn't even just attach it to one party, but it's it's obvious in the Democratic Party there is a federal law that prohibits people from buying votes and that is offering uh, some a monetary value in exchange for a vote or exchange to not vote. So I did an article and I just put it out on the page and, and I'll be doing the audio version of the article also, Autoblog, we'll be, we'll be doing that. But isn't what the Democrats are doing the same thing as buying votes? Because it says they're not standing up there saying, if you vote for me and I'm elected, I'm going to give you money. Except for Andrew Except Yang, for, yeah, he's, he's literally, literally literally saying that. But if you're saying free healthcare and free college and free food with SNAP and um, free housing and all these things, all of those things have a, have a monetary value. They they are worth money. There is money being paid for them. So when you stand up there and say, "If you vote for me, you're going to get all of this," how is that not? buying votes even like forgiving the student loan debt i mean that's yeah. literally L- literally that's giving people i have twenty thousand dollars in student loan debt right now if i do everything i can to make sure that bernie sanders gets elected the to help him get elected to go vote for him to donate money to his campaign i saved twenty thousand he's going to give me twenty thousand dollars literally mm-hmm. and somehow that's not considered buying votes God, we need to like somehow submit this question. Yeah, I really want to see what they have. They would have some BS politic politician answer for it. But yeah, what's the difference? I don't. I don't know what the difference is. I yeah, God, I just want to know what people would <laughs> say to that. It's so, brilliant. Lord, that that storm really is going back there. Uh, so Andrew Yang's thing. This is what I was going to go with on immigration. He's offering this thousand dollars to everyone. Well. To play that out to its logical conclusion, if you don't care about legal or illegal immigration, citizen, non-citizen, well, is that $1,000 offered to anyone who is over the age of 18, whether they are a citizen or not? And if it's not, then why are you drawing some kind of imaginary citizenship line, Andrew Yang? Why are you sitting there saying that it matters whether or not you're legal or illegal? That That's in direct contradiction to everything else that's being said. Let's just give $1,000 a month to everybody in the whole world. Yeah. That's that is the logical conclusion that if you can make it across the border into the United States, then you will receive this thousand dollars. No, well, it doesn't matter what citizen they are. I mean, it doesn't just give it to the whole world. It doesn't matter if you cross the border or not. Yeah, I guess not. Because I mean, we got the money. The rich people have the money. Seven billion people, thousand dollars a month. It's only like (laughs) seven trillion. Seven seven trillion a month. Seven trillion a month. So that's going to cost about eighty four trillion yeah that's not bad a year the rich people have that that's just about 400 percent of the total gross domestic product of the u.s all we'd have to do is probably tax the top point 
0.5% of the 0.1% and we would have it. Oh yeah, obviously. Right. Nothing would change either. They'd still, yeah, they'd still uh, keep their businesses going. Nothing would change. We wouldn't lose jobs. Nothing no. like that. So, um, the immigration thing is very complicated because we have the welfare state. It's here. It's probably here to stay for a really long time. Even if we were to start getting actual conservatives in the office, it's still going to be here because you can't just turn it off. You can't just cut everything off now because you've got entire well, generations of people that have been raised with this and it's it has formed their entire it's formed in their brain. This is something that that is here. It is a safety net. This is a fallback. And so you can't just take it away, honestly, even as a libertarian. I would think that that's wrong. You have to phase it out over 20 years. Right. At yeah, least. That's, that's why I said to start, start to dismantle it. Yeah. Take it apart piece, piece by piece. Look at people. I mean, even Republicans, if you took away Medicare and Social Security, Lord have mercy. Now, granted, you paid extra taxes for that. Like you put in extra funds, but... Now, most people draw out more in Medicare yeah. and Social Security than they ever paid in. That's the thing. You're still, so, even as a Republican. still an entitlement. Yeah. You're still asking to receive more money than you paid in. Most people are. But the problem with that is, is that the government promised that. So how do you, you can't take it away overnight. You definitely can't because that would cause riots in the streets. So you have to have a, a plan to balance the budget and start to take away these things and give people the opportunity to start planning for that. Yeah. And uh, so, okay. Anything else on welfare? Cause we got to go to the second one. Yeah. I think everyone understands that, that welfare is a pretty big issue. Um, there was one other thing I was going to say about the, the immigrants are taking our jobs, right? I mean, that's an issue. Oh yeah. Right. The illegal immigrants, they come in here and they can work for less because they're off the books, you know? They just steal jobs from everybody. Yeah, so we should we should be worried about that. I don't even know how I'm working right now. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how you're chewing a piece of popcorn and have your mm -hmm. face right by the microphone. <laughs> yeah, I sh <laughs> should probably back up. But <laughs> if uh, so, people, there's this understanding that these illegal immigrants are coming here and taking our jobs, and they're doing that by coming here and getting paid less money because they can. Uh, because they're outside of the minimum wage or they're not having to worry about income taxes, all of these things, and so that's unfair. The thing that I would have to say about that is that that is unfair, but that is the government's fault for fixing wages and for taking income taxes in the first place because, really, you're killing your ideology if you argue this point because that's the free market. That's someone coming in and saying, hey, I'll do that job for less. That is literally the free market. And what does that do for you? It makes your goods and services cheaper. Absolutely. So you get richer too. It leaves people open who can't work for less to go for better paying jobs or who won't work for less to go to increase their skills and go for that higher paying job. Instead, you're saying you're, you're basically creating yourself a union and saying, I, do, I will not allow anyone to come in here and undercut the prices that I have dictated have to be paid for these wages. Right. That's what happens in unions all the time. That's why they get so mad about it. That's why things that unions do are so much more expensive. That's why unions fight for raising the minimum wage because it makes them more competitive. And it's the same ideology that says, we don't want illegal immigrants to come here and get paid less money because that's unfair because I can't do that. And so they take my job. 
that's the free market and that's the government's fault that that's happening not not the immigrants right they're just participating in free trade that's all it is and you're saying that uh you want to participate in free trade also so that's that's what you're doing you just got the government putting the floor on the amount of free trade you can participate in well the essence of all of that is blame government yeah yeah Exactly. That's what this show's about. Blame government. government. doesn't care about you. They don't like you at all. They're never going to be there for you. Uh, just ask Flint, Michigan. Oh, man. By the way, all the charges dropped, by the way. Did you see that? Oh, I did. I that... can't believe that. So the Democrats took over uh, from the Republicans there because, of course, the Democrats are going to save everybody. And uh, they, uh, the prosecutor came in and uh, dropped all the charges against yeah. people that have been indicted uh, for murder. Yeah. So people being poisoned, people dying. And since it was the government providing the water, they get to decide whether or not they are going to be punished for it. Right. Just so, think about that for a second. Like, that's a perfect example. This happens all the time, all over the place. Yeah. The well, governments get away with things all the, all the time. All kinds of corruption and, the, and things that don't get prosecuted because they're the government and they get to decide the punishment. Yes. They're not going to choose to punish themselves. I have to make a correction from an earlier post. Okay. Um, this was a couple weeks ago. We recorded an episode about, we were talking about veterans and the VA care. And I made a comment about Percy's Law and how you can't sue the VA. Uh, that changed in 2018, by the way. I was having a discussion with somebody. And I didn't realize that there was a federal torts act that was passed in 2018 that allowed uh, veterans and people to sue the VA for malpractice. And there were all kinds of suits and the VA's already awarded out like a billion dollars. Really? Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's good yeah. Yeah, that you can hold them accountable now, but that it wasn't until 2018. So yeah. it, was, it was literally less than a year ago. The media I, must not have made a big deal about the fact no. that that was passed while, while Trump was president. Yeah. I guess. I had to look that up. Had to miss that one. So the drug war. Yes. This is another really big discussion surrounding immigration, why people come here. And the other thing is, is this is really hard for conservatives, I think, the most to understand. And because drugs are bad, okay. Um, and they are. You shouldn't use them. They're, they're a detriment to you becoming the best version of yourself. Um there are, and there's lots of drugs like uh, there's some more harsh than others. Um, heroin, for instance, black tar, Mexican black tar heroin, you probably shouldn't inject into your body because then you become highly addictive, homeless, and you're not good for anybody. Yeah. Um, and addiction is, you know, a disease. So it's like these people do need help. I'm not saying that, but uh, there's a massive because of the war on drugs, a massive, multiple billion dollar, very lucrative drug market. And people are going to put whatever they want in their body, whether it's illegal or not. It's just what's going to happen. You know, liberals argue all the time, or can, there's I'll make two comparisons. Liberals argue all the time, well, you can't outlaw abortion because there will be back alley abortions. Basically, black market. And... Conservatives argue like, oh, well, you can't ban all guns because they'll like illegals or people that commit illegal activity don't um, follow the laws anyway. So there's a black market for crime. Right. So the the thing with drugs as well, when you make something illegal, there will always be a black market for it. Now, 
like I mentioned, conservatives, hear me out here. Drugs are bad. I don't use them. I shouldn't. You shouldn't. Um, Whatever drug it is, there are drugs that are less worse than others. But for a good rule of thumb, right, Nate? You probably shouldn't use drugs if you want to be the best version of yourself. I would definitely agree with that. Yes. Yeah. So... The second thing is, is do you have the right to tell somebody what they can and can't put in their body? You know, Ron Paul did this because in 2008 or 2000, it was 2008 presidential debates. Of course, he was seen as the kooky libertarian candidate, even though he's running as a Republican. And they asked him the question, uh, you know, don't you want to end the you want to end the war on drugs, don't you? Like you want to make drugs uh, legal or decriminalized, including heroin. Would you make heroin legal? And Ron Paul answered the question is like, yeah, I would. But, and then got some booze and stuff, but he's like, well, think about it. He's like, if heroin was legal tomorrow, how many people, how many people of you in the crowd would go out and just shoot it up? Cause it was legal. Yeah. Like you wouldn't, most people wouldn't. <clears throat> so you have to think about if drugs were legal or decriminalized, um, that would decrease massively the incentive for violent drug trade that we have right now. With drug smugglers coming across the border, all the guns, all the violence, the gangs, everything like that, it would drastically reduce that black market because when you have a black market on things, for instance, when alcohol and uh, gambling was banned in the 20s and you had the mafia rise up, you have to control that through violence, through force. That's how all these gangs came about. So this is very difficult, I think, mostly for conservatives to to understand because they want to legislate people to being in, into good people. Um, and, and you just can't do that. You can't control anyone else. And that's, it's the thing that to me, it goes down to an American ideology, the, the very principle that we were founded on, which is that the individual is sovereign and that, you should be able to make the decisions for your life, whether that be uh, keeping your guns so you can defend yourself or whether it be keeping your money so you can spend it in the way that you see fit. And if you're doing something and you aren't harming anyone else, then what job of it is is it the government? Like, how is it the government's job to come in and say, that you can or cannot do something. I mean, there's obvious comparisons. So many things that are terrible for you. You know, there's so many foods that are terrible for you. You know, we have a massive obesity issue and diabetes type two issue in the country. We, heart disease. Heart disease. All these things that come from terrible things that you put in your body all the time. Alcohol. So much more dangerous. Cigarettes. Than, than a lot of drugs. Cigarettes killing people all the time. We have all these things, and that's where. That's where you start to lose the argument because you haven't been principled on it. You haven't had the same logic, and you've made it subjective. When you make things subjective, that's when everything starts to fall apart, and you fall into chaos because every situation is different, and then you can argue subjectively on every single decision decision that gets made, and then you fall into this democracy, you know, 50.01% of the people controlling the rest, you fall into that when you have these subjective, this subjective nature of your principles. And if your principles say that you can defend yourself, that you can drink alcohol, that you can eat a lot of food and balloon up to 400 pounds and die of a heart attack by the age 40, if your 
principles say all of these things, then why don't your principles say that you can also do terrible drugs and ruin your life? And then I, I think that still falls back to the welfare state, falls back to taxation, because the the next argument is that, well, these people are going to get addicted and they're just going to get on the government dole and they're just going to live off of welfare their whole lives because they're worthless. Well, now we've just fallen back to taxation as the reason for most problems that we have. You can't be 500 pounds and look at a heroin addict and say that you're better than them. No. You can't. No. Like, well... You know, I eat all the sugar I can, and I've got diabetes, and I'm obese, and I can't move, but at least I don't do heroin. Yeah. Like, you're not any better. You know, the decisions that you make affect your life, every single decision you make. Now, Nate, at the beginning, you were talking about uh, things like choices that you make, and that you as an individual can make the best choice, and government cannot. That reminds me of a great quote. Yeah. From uh, somebody we saw at the Elcon this last weekend in Memphis uh, by Kennedy. What was that quote, Nate? Uh, I believe it went, and it's actually funny you're asking me the quote since we had a funny back and forth about how I couldn't remember what the quote was. I know, that's why I'm, I'm trying to see if this was ingrained. Um, and it had, it was something along the lines for the worst choices that you can make for yourself are better than the best choices the government can make for you. Exactly. So that, and you have to keep that principle. You have to, because it's your choice to do that. If you're harming someone else, if you hurt someone else, then great. There's legal recourse for that. The same thing goes for alcohol. If you're going to sit in your basement and get drunk today, no one's going to sit here and make the argument that we should go back to the prohibition days. And, I mean, maybe some people are, but generally it's accepted that prohibition was a failure. Huge failure. So we saw all the violence that crept up after that, like Charlie was saying. And so... If you can if you can say that about alcohol and that you should have the choice to do that to yourself, then you have to be able to say that across the board. It's your choice, and you cannot have the government deciding what is good and bad for you to only do to yourself. That, that does not hold true in the American ideology at all. You know, flag-waving, constitution-speaking people, to me, could not also be saying that the majority get to decide what you can and can't do to your own body without harming other people at all. That does not mean it's a good thing to do. That is not what I'm saying. Don't do it. And that is a big, another big reason that we have another big problem that we have to address when it comes to immigration. Yeah. Because you would literally get rid of almost all of the violent drug trafficking that happens um, if you decriminalized drugs, it, the statistics show it. Look at Colombia. If you went to a system, and then this is not what I want whatsoever, but if you could go and legally buy some terrible drug that you're going to shake your head and roll your eyes when I say heroin or cocaine or whatever it is, but if you could go and legally buy those somewhere from people who have legal farms and legal factories here in the U.S., if you could go and do that, you kill the drug war, you destroy the Mexican cartels, you destroy the violence that's going on down there, you destroy most of the arguments for not wanting people to come across the border because they're bringing drugs here, you kill all those things, and you put responsibility on people to make decisions. 
you know, conservatives and liberals still want to say that the government needs to be your daddy. The government needs to be the replacement. You know, the government somehow is going to be the replacement for a strong family or a strong church or a, a strong husband or wife or strong friends. Stop looking for the government to be that person. You're hurting the society in the long run because you're pulling the responsibility. You know, we need to see. Maybe we need to see what would happen with drug legalization so people can learn from that. So two, three, four generations from now, it's accepted in society that while these things are legal, it would be completely terrible to ever do them, and it wouldn't matter whether or not you could buy them at the store or not. You right. know, it, it, stop looking to the government. Don't, they're, they're, not, they're not your parents. You can see this example with alcohol. Like alcohol is legal. It's a terrible drug really bad drug and there are people that abuse it um, and there are alcoholics there are people that get addicted to it that does happen but you there are many people in the United States that choose not to drink that just they choose not to do it I used to work I used to be a server at Olive Garden and Olive Garden you have to offer wine a wine sample to everyone at your table and there were a lot of people that came in they were kind of rude, but still they came in and they would turn their wine glasses upside down and put them at the end of the table. And before I could even say like, hi, my name's Charlie. I want to give you all the carbs today. Before I could say something like that, the very first words out of their mouths is like, we don't drink. I'm like, huh? what day of the week would that typically happen? Well, on? Usually on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. We don't drink. Okay. Well, I didn't put the wine glasses on the table. My busser did. Yeah. Okay? Public, Blame ser- him. public service announcement. <laughs> if you went to church, it does not mean that you don't need to be nice to your server at whatever restaurant you go <laughs> right. to afterwards. Because I'm sorry if this offends you, but Charlie and I have both spent a lot of time waiting tables. And Charlie, who would you say are nine times out of ten the most rude individuals you will deal with during the week? Who would they be? And don't tip you anything. Yeah. It's Sunday. That's the Sunday church crowd. I don't know why. Yeah. I do not understand no, I've met why. Some of the, I've met some of the nicest people. Obviously. But like, but that's like the anomaly, which yeah. is weird. By and large, when you work on Sundays at a restaurant, and I've worked at several different restaurants back in the day, for some reason, no matter what restaurant, no matter what city I was in, the people who just left church and came out to eat were the most rude people you would deal with mm-hmm. all the, throughout the entire week. People hate working on Sundays. Because the people are so rude. Yeah. So that's just my little public service announcement. Well, here's the thing. If you do go to church, then uh, overdo it this Sunday. Yeah. Go out after church, go get some lunch and overdo it and show your server some kindness. (laughs) And then we'll solve the immigration crisis. (laughs) And then immigration's done. (laughs) Yeah. That's how we'll do it. I think we got pretty deep there. It's pretty good. That was, you know, we kind of talked through it. It wasn't, we didn't have an agenda when we came in to talk about immigration. We just kind of thought through the process of what would be best for the most amount of people. Can I say my, my one more prediction for the wall? Yes. Because I think we both said, like, we're not a not vehemently, vehemently opposed to the wall. You know, it's not, it's not a crazy idea that we should, have, we should have something around our border. We've got massive borders, thousands of miles of borders. A lot of these countries that people talk, I mean, pe- there's countries surrounded by water that's a little bit easier to take care of but when you have 2000 mile long land borders it's a little different than comparing it to a country like Denmark 
that has a border the you know that's about the same size as what would that be? I don't know the state of New York. Uh, like the Ranger Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little bit different, a little bit easier to take care of. You keep comparing things to these countries that are the size of major U.S. cities and saying that they can handle their their stuff, they can <laughs> handle their economy. Well. Well, 2,000 miles of like a southern or northern, bur- I mean, it makes you very vulnerable. Yeah, very much. All yes. kinds of different things. So um, one thing I would say is if you're a Republican and you're you're just fixated on this wall, I'm sorry to give you this prediction, but there there will never be a wall. There will never be a, there will never be a finished wall around the borders, no matter who's in charge, because the U.S. government was designed beautifully by the founders to be able to do almost nothing because we change out people presidents every four years congressmen every two senators every six we have a very very difficult style of government and that is by design for that to happen it works sometimes for the things that you want and sometimes against the things that you want but if trump gets funding for a wall I don't know if you've ever seen a government project. I don't know if you've ever seen them work on the interstate system, but it takes years and years for them to build on and off ramps. I mean, it could take them five years to add a new lane that's going to make it, that's going to be one or two miles. Mm-hmm. So this border wall that's going to stretch 2,000 miles long and be massive concrete structure you know, go at however far down into the ground it's going to have to go to to st- try and stop people from tunneling. Not only that, but they're going to have imminent domain litigation going yeah. on with all the private property owners on the border. If everything happened perfectly, the wall would would take 20 years to build. That's a good prediction. Still, probably. it would still take 20 years. If everyone agreed on it, it would take 20 years. But here's what's going to happen. You get funding for the wall. You get all the perfect Republicans in the office and then they vote and they fund it and they begin work on it. Well, lo and behold, our system of government dictates that Trump will not be the president after the year 2024, even if he wins re-election. There will be probably some Democrats in charge at some point in time. They will be in charge of Congress at some point in time, and they will strip the funding from the building of the wall because it won't be finished yet. They will strip the funding from the building of the wall Every single political campaign back and forth over the next 20, 30 years is going to be built on the premise of build the wall or tear down the wall, stop the wall, cut the funding for the building of it. All of these things, it's going to go back and forth, and it's never actually going to get finished because when you get a Democrat in office, they're going to start tearing it down. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get a Republican office, and they're going to start building it back up. And since it's a project that's going to take 20 years to complete, even if everyone agreed on it, um, it's never going to be finished. The different people in office will tear it down, try to put it back up, tear it down, try to put it back up all the time. There's no, we are not built for projects that go this long. Right. The, the U.S. government is not built to run an economy because you don't have the same people running things for more than two to four years. Mm-hmm. You can't build a long-term economy off of two-year term people it doesn't work because you can't plan on that and that's by design the government was meant to be able to protect us and that's it and now maybe that involves a wall 
but I'm just saying the way that this system works, there it's 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 just not going to get finished. You know, another thing we could do. This to me, this seems very practical. We have a, a pretty large standing army. There's quite a few military personnel. It's 1.5 million, two million, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 1.5 to 2 million people. That's quite a few people. Um, they're all over the world right now. Imagine if they were home and on our borders. Yeah. You think they could cover 4,000 miles of, of border? They're probably covering Pretty... that much border somewhere else right exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So you think we could have a strong national defense still of, of our soldiers actually protecting the homeland, like legitimately, literally protecting the homeland? Yeah. You, is that radical? You drop the drug trade. You drop the welfare state. You cut off the amount of people that are trying to get here. You cut it in half, probably. And then you, and then you actually institute a defensive military. Uh, if you want to keep your border, uh, you probably use something more sophisticated than a wall. In my opinion, Elon Musk charges $60 million to put a satellite in the space. The wall is going to cost, uh, what, how many billions do you think it's going to cost? What they estimate? Was it like five billion they're trying to get for it, which is a joke? Well, that's just for a little bit. I think they yeah. estimated the full wall. They estimated like forty, fifty billion. I think. Okay, so that's, so, so it's going to cost five hundred billion. Yes, to at build. least. Yeah, and it's going to take eight times as long as whatever amount of time mm-hmm. they said. So, I don't know how many satellites you could put in the space at that time, but but you're you're telling me that we can't have some kind of technological advance and have some kind of system where they're just monitoring every inch of that border at all times for movement, monitoring down in the ground for tunnel digging, which I know they already do stuff like this anyway. Mm-hmm. But you know how... you couldn't have bases like, bases, like army bases close enough to all of these places that they could respond quickly if yeah. something was happening. Two people coming across into our country that are coming from another country that sounds like something the military... Uh, is, is supposed to help with possibly not sounding super libertarian right now. You could have like all these, you know, automated drones. Yeah, take off and fly by themselves, and they cover a certain ground. And as long as they don't, uh, you know, fly other places, right? Because then we're, you know, all kinds of bad, all kinds of bad anti-libertarian stuff there. <laughs> but <laughs> true, true. Yeah, they're still, not armed. It's a government. They're going to abuse it <laughs> regardless. They, these would be armed. They can only shoot people with a camera. Okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only right. sh- shooting they're going to take that's going to take place. Well, that's us skipping around the for sure answer on immigration, but we we definitely can attack the reasons that it's so bad right now. The reasons why people are coming here. Well, okay, so if I were the president, that's what I would that's what I would try to get done. Now, it would never happen, but if you want to actually solve the problem, not just put a band-aid on, try to put a band-aid on something. If you want to actually try to solve the problem, you have to figure out why people are coming here in the first place and you want to de-incentivize them for things that are harmful to us. Those that's the main thing. It's literally it. And then you can protect the border more efficiently with different methods. You could stop fighting all these other wars in all kinds of other countries and you can actually have a defensive military that the military can respond when people are actually trying to harm us by entering our country. And then you make the process a lot easier for people that we need to come here to take the jobs that we don't want to do. Yeah. Well, once you make it so easy to cross the border, if you are not a lawbreaker, 
Um, you make it to where if you have no record, it might take two or three days for your background check to come through and you come through the point. Or if you have no background whatsoever, since we presume innocence, then that is what we go with because we do not assume guilt. We assume innocence. So we're doing that. People can come across quickly. We've cut off the drug war. We've cut off the welfare. Now the only people trying to come across the border have to be doing it for some kind of bad purpose mm-hmm. at that time because it's so easy to get across the border at the other points. Why are you trying to get in this way? Have to assume that you've got some kind of record that we would put people in prison for if they were here so you don't want to go through the actual crossing or you're a terrorist. You know? You're a freedom hater. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are freedom haters. <laughs> so people need to subscribe to the podcast. Yes. We have a lot of episodes coming out all the time. Uh, we're going to have, I believe, eight eight uploads this week. Four actual podcasts, four uh, blogs. Um, we write articles on goodmorningliberty.us, and then we record audio versions of the articles. So those are all going to be released as well. You want to subscribe to the podcast. You want to leave a rating and review so you can get other people to see this. If you care about the message... The best thing you can do is leave a rating, a review, and share the show with people. And that's, I mean, that's really all we're asking. If you want to, uh, if you want to know how we rip Bernie Sanders apart, go to BernieLies.com. Yeah, do it. A lot of good information there. All right, y'all. We hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.